Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode one of the Overflow Podcast. My name is Josh McCabe, and I'm going to be your host on this journey. And I'm just so thankful that you've taken the time to tune in and to uh, download this, check it out, stream it, wherever you're listening to it. So glad that you're with me. This is going to be a really, really fun journey. This is my first time doing a podcast. This is the first time The Overflow has gone on this sort of venture, and it's going to be a fun ride. Let me tell you that. And I think the name of the podcast is so appropriate, calling it The Overflow Podcast. And here's why. I really believe that music and songs and and art is really the result of the overflow of our journey as people and certainly as believers and followers in Christ and Christians. And I really want to help understand how someone's journey has impacted the songs that they've written. What inspired these songs that we hear on Christian radio or at music festivals or that we sing in church? What was the journey that led there? What are some of the tough questions we can ask about that? What are some of the lyrics that we want clarification on, that we want to understand more about, or that we even want to debate about? That is what this podcast is going to be all about. It's not going to be just about the standard uh, two questions that you hear most artists get asked in quick interviews these days. It's not going to be just about news and Christian music and festivals and tours going out. It's going to be all of that. There's going to be some of that included. But we're going to dive a lot deeper on this. And I'm telling you, this first episode, it dives way deeper than I anticipated it diving. It was so intense and so uh, thought-provoking and so informative for me as uh, an interviewer and as a friend, really, to hear this perspective and our first guest is Trevor McNeven, a thousand foot crutch, and I am the storm. And we're going to get to that stuff in just a minute. But again, just so thankful that you've taken the time to check this podcast out. It's going to be a blast. One of the things you're going to want to do right away, though, is you're going to want to follow us on Instagram. It's just The Overflow on Instagram. Pretty easy to find us. And if you're wondering, what is The Overflow? I've never heard of The Overflow, or maybe you have. The Overflow is a uh, ministry group that began with actually devotionals. We began taking uh, the songs that artists would release and tying them back to scripture and having artists write devotionals so that you could walk through uh, the Bible along with songs that were inspiring you. And it was just a really cool journey. We had partnered with Uversion and we still are doing some of that. We're going to be doing some more of that to come. But then later on, The Overflow began to release a Christian music streaming app. And the heart of that was that it was going to be great music, safe music uh, for the whole family. And it was going to really just help dive deeper into Christian music, into some indie artists that maybe you've never heard of and help curate great playlists. And now we have added the podcast. But I'm telling you, there's lots of cool stuff coming from the overflow. We're going to be adding some new features and some new stuff to our app. And this podcast is definitely going to add some really cool new content for you. So to stay in touch, make sure that you go follow The Overflow on Instagram and say, hey, say what's up. We'll make sure to comment back. We'd love to say hello to you. And even just drop us a line. Say what's up. Say, hey, tell us some stuff you'd love to see covered on the podcast. Tell us who, who you'd love to see as a guest on the podcast. And we will certainly see what we can do to hook that up. Now, you may be asking yourself, who is this guy that is talking to me right now as I'm listening to this podcast? Well, my name is Josh McCabe, and um, I've been a musician and an artist and a pastor for 
Well, a long time. And uh, right now, I have a band called Caves. We're out on the road right now uh, doing a tour of Canada. And uh, But before that, I've uh, played in different bands as a drummer. I had a worship band with my sister for a while, and we used to host these worship events in, in Canada. And um, I've just gotten to know a lot of artists over the years and been able to travel with people. Definitely not the most connected or most well-traveled person uh, that you could be listening to a podcast from, but I definitely have a unique perspective. The pastoral side of me is, is really, I guess, made me less interested in some of the surfacey questions about uh, music and touring and all that stuff and, and definitely give me more of a passion for the heart of the artist and what their faith journey and journey as a person really has um, how that's influenced the songs that we hear. And so we're definitely going to be diving uh, under the surface on this podcast. We're going to get into some real stuff. And I'm telling you, this first interview does not disappoint. But before we get to that, I definitely want this to be a place where we go deep, but also a place where you can just find out what's going on in the area of Christian music and uh, music that you might be interested in. And so I thought it might be fun to have a little segment each and every episode of this podcast appropriately titled The News. The News. All right, that intro music definitely was a little creepier and dark sounding uh, than I had thought it would be. I think we might need to get some work done on that and have that change for next episode. But anyways, we'll roll with it now. Welcome to the news. Switchfoot, they're back. They just released a brand new song called Native Tongue, and they've got an album coming out January 18th, 2019, and they are kicking off a tour for one of my favorite bands, Colony House, and that's beginning February 14th. Colony House, Switchfoot, heading out on tour. New record from Switchfoot, January 18th. Mark your calendars for that one. All right, the Dove Awards just took place recently. And um, the Dove Awards is an awesome opportunity where we can recognize some of the best in Christian music and gospel music and and all the like. And, uh, well, I was trying to find the words to summarize the Gospel Music Awards, the GMA Dove Awards this year. And I think... um, I think I would summarize it this way. Corey Asbury and Zach Williams and Torrin Wells all won a ton of awards. That's basically how I'd summarize it. They took home a lot. Uh, Song of the Year, Worship Song of the Year was Reckless Love. Artist of the Year was given to Zach Williams, which much, much deserved respect there. Torrin Wells took home New Artist of the Year and Contemporary Artist of the Year as well. Make sure that you check out online, search Dove Awards 2018 results, and you'll find out all the winners there. All right, they've been teasing it for a few weeks now, and the announcement has been finally made. Winter Jam 2019, the lineup is out. It's kicking off this January, and it features none other than Newsboys, United. The boys are back together, and there are a couple different formats of the Newsboys all in one, and so I'm pretty sure they're going to be playing some classics, some new stuff, and if the reports I'm hearing from the Newsboys United tour are any indication, this is going to be one heck of a party. 
But hey, Newsboys aren't the only artists on Winter Jam this year to get excited about. We got Danny Goki, we got Mandisa, Ren Collective, and tons, tons more, including a killer pre-jam party featuring one of my buddies, Dan Bremnis. So make sure you show up early to be part of that. Winter Jam 2019 kicking off this January. Head over to jamtour.com, get your VIP packs, make sure that you mark that in your calendar, find the city closest to you, and come jam on Winter Jam. Yeah, we definitely need to do something about that intro music. So if you've got any ideas, make sure you hit us up on the Overflow uh, Instagram page and let us know what you're thinking. But hey, it's time to dive into our interview this week. And uh, this guest, Trevor McNeven, Thousand Foot Crutch, I Am The Storm, and so many more other projects he's been part of. Um, I've known this guy for so many years, and I'm proud to call him a friend but also somebody who's really uh, influenced my life in a positive way. And uh, the impact that um, Trevor and Thousand for Crutch had in my life as a young teenager, growing up, uh, listening to Christian radio, trying to find great music uh, that also had a great message. Uh, I don't think he'll ever really understand how much of an impact he had in my life. And this interview, it left me almost speechless because he gets so raw and so honest and in such a way that I go, we, we can't jam this all into one week. So there's actually going to be two episodes from this interview as a result. But without any more delay, let's dive right in. All right, this is Josh with Overflow Podcast number one. It has taken me all the way to Peterborough, Ontario, home of Trevor McNeven, Thousand Foot Crutch, I am the storm and probably way too many record record credits to even begin to list in this segment. So what's up, Trevor? What's up, dog? Good to hang, my man. It's very good to hang. And um, I think it's appropriate that I was as I was starting an overflow podcast about Christian music and rock and and some of the things that influence our journey as as people, as musicians or as husbands and fathers. Uh, it's very appropriate yeah. that I return to the scene of the crime of my very <laughs> first rock show. Yeah, dude, no way. One of my the very first one ever. Uh, yeah, so like the first like real rock show that um, I got sick. in the car and drove to um, was TFK. Love it. Uh, here in Peterborough, <clears throat> Selwyn Outreach Center. Dude, that's dope. Wait, that was that would have been. Do you remember what year? I feel like it was two thousand three. Um, because FM Static opened. So you did some wow. double duty, dude. Okay, I think Hawk Nelson was on that as well. I was trying to think of what show. Okay, yeah, yeah. No, that makes sense. The only other time we ever played Selwyn, I was thinking there was an earlier time, and Serena Ryder and actually played there, us, her, and a couple other local acts, and I. That's the only other time I remember playing Selwyn. Yeah, and I'm trying to think. Selwyn's of, my home church, by the way. Home church. I always for, gotta for give people. it up for the home church. <clears throat> what? What? Um, but yeah, so like we. Uh, I remember the whole reason we came was because my dad had said to me, hey, if there's ever uh, a Christian rock show or whatever, um, within an hour and a half, I'll drive and take you. So I took him up on that offer and saw, I think, three dates on that tour. That's a cool dad, man. Right on. It's a good dad move. Yeah, man. Well, we're here um, We're here in your, in your studio. Um, <clears throat> yes, sir. Overlooking a cornfield. <laughs> and true. You, true story. You've come back home. Come back home to Canada. I have, man. It's been a, a, a journey. This whole season's been uh, crazy and beautiful all at the same time, man. We, my wife and I, probably, 
I don't know, like 12 years. Well, no, actually, it's probably more like 14, 15 years ago. Felt called to Nashville, man. And so we moved there for 10 years and then really uh, distinctly just felt like we needed to be home here for this season, man. And we got a couple kiddos now and two and five, a little boy and a girl. And so, uh, yeah, man, we, we made the move home. And it's been kind of definitely uh, a crazy God led moment for us, you know, and you, you don't. You don't get to really see what what it ends up looking like yet. We're we're still in the middle of that, so we're kind of. Uh, it's been awesome. It's great to be home, though, man, and uh, it's exciting to just kind of see where God's leading and what He's doing. And both sets of my wife and I's parents live in this town too, and this is where I started the band and did a bunch of indie records before that. And so, yeah, it's just I've always loved my hometown, man. So it's uh, it's a pretty cool place to be back. How long have you been married for? We have been married uh, fifteen years, man. Wow, 15 years. Yeah, yeah. And so you've got two little ones. What, what are their names? Uh, Jade is our little girl. She's two. And then Cohen is five. That's awesome, man. Kids are fun, huh? Dude, it's insane. Yeah, it's awesome. I love it. How has um, how has that aspect of your <clears throat> life impacted? You talked about you know feeling called as a family to move yeah. back to Peterborough, back to Canada from Nashville, where sort of the <clears throat> career move would say that that's, that's where to be. How yeah. has family and kids uh, extended? Uh, changed the way you make uh, quote unquote career decisions? Man, it changes everything. I mean, you know, for so long in my life, you kind of, I probably, well, not probably to, to an unhealthy extent, I was just making music all the time and because I loved it, you know, and you just, that was, that's what I love to do. I mean, I didn't really have other hobbies in my life. So I was just always working on music with someone or our own stuff. And, um, it yeah, I mean, family just changes that dynamic. You know, there's no balance in that. So, marriage was kind of obviously the first step in that, where you you're considering someone else, and you have. Yeah, I felt you know challenged in a good way on the like, man, I don't really have any hobbies in my life, you know. And then uh, you go through that kind of stuff, and then kids just change the whole the whole game, man. Where it's you know in a in the best way possible, it's it is about them and pouring into them now, you know. So, as far as music goes, man, it's yeah, it's it does reflect on kind of how, how long you're away, which tours you take, um, how much time that was the biggest thing, man, real talk to, to songwriting and musician dads out there. You guys probably have felt the same way, but when, when I had kids, man, the hardest thing for me, um, in transition was not being able to create whenever I was inspired, like having to grab pockets of time and be like, okay, here's my two hours to go. And, <laughs> Just do this, you know, and, and when you probably weren't in the mood to do that, but that was your time to do it, yeah. you know, and that was such a weird thing, you know, it was actually a pretty hard transition for me. You talked about not being able to always respond to when you're inspired. What yeah. are some things in your life? Uh, because I feel like this can speak to not just musicians, but to parents everywhere. What are some things you've done to be able to make sure that there is, there's time for the inspiration, there's time for the work, right? There's time for the play, like the things that you actually enjoy to do, enjoy doing, right? Uh, but there's also time for family and for the unexpected life crises, yeah. the skin knees, the uh, oh, dude, the yeah, school visits, <clears throat> the whatever. Yeah, no, man, that's a great question. I mean. I don't know. My wife and I talk about this all the time. I don't know if you ever really master that or, or, you know, if we, any parents ever really figured it out, but you, it's, it's such a game of just learning as you go, man. Uh, but with, with, uh, I mean, with music, yeah, it's, it's certainly been, that was a, a tough transition for me to figure out how to fit that in. But as a parent, I think, um, we go through waves. I feel like waves of, of like good balance. And, but as much as your kids, 
like at any given moment can throw off your schedule just for life reasons. Uh, you know, a lot of careers are like that as well. You know, there's, if you don't have a nine to five, so to speak, you know, like in my experience uh, in music, you know, it's just something where sometimes you feel like you've finished your day's work and you're moving on to the next thing and something will happen. And it'll, there's like six more hours that need to be spent that night to fix or to, because something else just came up, you know, it's just, it's life or it's careers. And so I think it, it feels like it comes in waves, man, where we, where we go through seasons of, of a better balance or a healthier balance. And then other times when you're just like, Oh my gosh, you know, and you, for me, I know, uh, especially in this season, if I'm not on a faith level, you know, if I'm not, uh, make keeping eye contact with God in those situations, man, I get overwhelmed super quick. When, um, I mean, you talk about, about family being things that have inspired decisions for where you live, like your immediate family now, uh, from what I've been able to see on, on whether it be online, social media, or just even, uh, crossing paths with other people in your family. Uh, you guys were a pretty tight knit family growing up. Tell me about growing up in the McNeven household. (laughs) We were definitely a big hockey family, man. And, uh, my dad played, uh, semi-pro hockey and still plays on like three teams to this day, like crazy. And they just loved it, man. Um, and so my brother went, my one brother actually played hockey his whole life, but actually got a soccer scholarship. My older brother, Scotty and my younger brother, Shan, uh, had a hockey scholarship as well to American schools. And so, yeah, we spent most of our childhood, man, in the hockey rink, to be honest. And I, I played all the sports they played probably until like 10 ish. And, uh, yeah, just, you know, I enjoyed, I'm very athletic and I enjoyed them. I appreciate them now more today though, than I did then. I just kind of music just grabbed me at a young age and I never really turned back, dude. So yeah, I was definitely that kid at the rink running around with the other little kids or just spending so much time with my headphones on kind of zoning in and, uh, what my parents probably thought was a phase or like, well, this, I haven't seen this before, you know, what do we do with this kind of thing? Um, they've always been very supportive, but I'm sure for a you know a good chunk of those first years they were just like all right this is a curveball you know he doesn't like the things that the rest of the family's doing he's always got his headphones on he's like got these turntables and he just dives into these records and we lose them for hours at a time and um but that was for me that was that was like college or university I mean I mean I was diving into those projects and just studying the craft of at the time a lot of it was hip hop to be honest and um but yeah that was that was uh there's a brief window into it, man. I mean, a lot of sports. Um, I was always surrounded by a lot of music, and so that rubbed off on my brothers, and then their kind of their sport side of things rubbed off on me, man. And so it's at, we always laugh because with TFK, you know, one of the things that we ended up being a part of a lot was was professional sports, you know, and just that relationship with um, pro sports teams, you know, using the music or extreme sports or whatever. So we would find ourselves playing these events and. You know, I'm taking a, a picture at like, you know, in the Red Wings locker room or whatever. My brothers would be dying to be in there. You know what I mean? I'm like, dude, I don't deserve to be in this room. Like, so I would take photos for them and be like, dude, you know, I wish you were here. So it, in some crazy way, I think experiencing sports through the eyes of music for so long in my life uh, just, you know, ended up being a big part of, of what I do. Did you ever feel like uh, with with being such a hockey family, did you ever feel a pressure to maybe maybe go down the the uh, the traveled road, not not the untraveled road? Uh, <laughs> did you feel right ever feel the pressure, good uh, whether spoken or unspoken? Because sometimes 
uh, it can be as simple as as you know growing up in a home where everything's always about something right but maybe it's something that your parents don't really get and and that causes you to be unsure or was it like an all in hey we we don't maybe get this but we're all in on it how how was that sort of dynamic yeah now honestly my parents were were pretty amazing with that man i mean i grew up in a great family um two loving parents who were very supportive of, of anything that, that we wanted to pour into growing up and, or things we wanted to try or explore. And um, with music, I remember saying to them at a very young age and just knowing in my heart, man, that I felt called to this. And um, I just, yeah, I just remember saying like, you know, telling them I wasn't going to go to college or university like this is what I was going to do with my life. And um, that wasn't with the aspirations of becoming famous or becoming, you know, whatever our culture deems as successful, mm-hmm. it was just, man, this is, this is what I'm going to do. This is what I love. And I know this is what I'm going to do. And so, yeah, it was, it was very clear to me, man, from a very young age that that's, that's what I was going to walk towards for the rest of my life, you know, ho- however that looked. And, uh, my parents were very, very cool and supportive in that, to be honest. I think, you know, I wouldn't, I think music's one of those things that, you know, if you love it, I think, it, I think more importantly than, than it being music that you have, you it's important to love what you do, you know? And I, I would encourage anyone out there of any age group to, to, you know, try to involve what you do if you're not doing it full time, but try, try, you know, to move towards doing what you love to do in some way, shape or form, man. Cause it, it changes everything. I mean, I think there's a lot of unhappy people in the world because of that, you know? And, um, so I feel very blessed in that sense to do what I love, man. And, um, like anything, there's a lot of work that comes along with it. And, all of that stuff, but you're not always doing that thing that you love in that. But uh, no, it's it's awesome, man. My parents were very, very cool and supportive in that. And I think they paid for my the very first record that I made when I was 13. They covered the cost of that. And then uh, I made one when I was 16. That were, They were both pretty heavily hip-hop oriented and then started TFK when I was 17. And the one when I was 16, I paid for just from McDonald's hours, man. Wow. Just, just working uh, at Mickey D's, baby. That's where you worked, McDonald's. Yeah, well, I had so many jobs in high school, but that was probably the three or four years sort of sesh because there were so many employees there mm-hmm. that if you're trying to practice and play weekends and you weren't sure when you had shows or whatever, it was just so flexible. You could always switch shifts and all that stuff. So yeah, it was you know, that was a, like a decent musician job in high school. But yeah, I did tons of stuff, man. I, just whatever it took to afford to do music really until it got to a point where we could, I could just do that. And I tiled floors for a while with a guy and I, which I had no business doing. I apologize to everybody's house that I worked <laughs> at and, uh, I had a short stint at Eastside Mario's just yeah. like this Canadian Italian place. Um, it's, it's like not as good as Olive Garden. It's true. It's not as good, but like it's, it's the closest we might get up here. Yeah. For now. Yeah. True, true story, and it's embarrassing. Can't believe I'm sharing this with you. I, I actually got fired from Eastside Mario's. No so, way. Yeah, were you dude. eating too many breadsticks? No, 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 that would be awesome. They were, yeah, no, this was actually hilarious. So I uh, it was probably like, I only worked there for like two months, man. I I was a horrible waiter. That's just, I honestly was always creating something in my head and not thinking about what I was doing most of the time. And um, so, but I carried this huge tray of like hot beverages out to this huge family gathering. And I, you know, obviously you take one off and you got to kind of leverage which drinks you take off or the whole thing's going to go. And uh, I took off the wrong one at the wrong time in this huge craft of hot boiling water. Oh, no. <laughs> Just like 
covered the dad and uh he was like yeah oh my god and i had to go get him one a few of the, other words probably too. yeah 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 a few a few fruit colorful words and then i had to go to the back and grab him like an east side mario's proper yeah <laughs> it was hilarious needless to say that was my last shift man you should have uh should have said hey want to hear my demo while you're at it right maybe <laughs> check this out dude <laughs> um that's funny you talk about hilarious. part-time jobs because um, every time i hear one of of your songs is every time i hear just this riff every time i hear it it takes me back to a place i don't want to go and that's kfc <laughs> Nice. I worked at KFC through high school. Amazing. And uh, Tuny Tuesdays. Those were my acne days, man. It was rough. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you know, like. Uh, wow. I think what separates, though, and I like how you said that, whatever you had to do, I think that separates people uh, who are musicians by hobby uh, or a musician by passion. And yeah. it separates when you're willing to do whatever it takes to do the thing that you love. Absolutely. And there's so many musicians that, that I meet, or even people in, in any, other, any other job that just go, well, you know, I just, well, no, this is what I'm doing. I go, but, but you're not sustaining anything. You're not, right. you're not providing. Right. And um, what, what were, were there days where you're sitting there busting tables or, or making a Big Mac or whatever, and you're going, is this really worth it? to play probably at the time a show for 50 kids. It, I mean, it was absolutely worth it. And I don't say that looking back on it, like, you know, look at now. I, I honestly, it, it yeah, felt worth it in the moment. Every bit of the way it felt worth it. Yeah. And I, I, would, I remember, especially being in Peterborough, like I, I, when I started the band, I was living in my parents' basement. Um, that was my only address. And so I was managing, booking, doing everything out of their little computer in their basement and spending like eight hours a day on the phone trying to book the band and all that stuff. And um, I remember, you know, so many times, man, getting in the van and driving like 30 hours to one show that we were probably opening for uh, at the worst time slot and then driving all the way back. And just that's just the way we did it. And it's it was never really about like, does this add up? You know, because mm -hmm. which is it's honestly a pretty cool now looking back and now that I'm a little older and just have lived more life and stuff too, I'm so thankful for those years, but you look back and it's kind of a cool parallel too, man, to following God's call in your life and not know it. Usually what the things that he calls us to do in, in my experience, and, and the Bible talks about that, but it, they, they don't have to make sense, but they seldom do, mm -hmm. you know, that makes sense to you and I, cause we don't get to see, he might show you a, so that you know, that's just enough for now. But if he showed you A through Z, you would just be like, oh, heck no, I'm not doing that. There's yeah. no way I could do that. And, um, but there's a cool parallel, I think, between that and, and that, you know, certainty of, of just following that wherever it goes. Because you, if it had to make sense, if making music, if, if like starting a band and saying, hey, this is what I do for a living sort of thing, if, if choosing that path had to make sense, like it would, you would, nobody would ever do it. Mm-hmm. 100%. Like, there's just no, it never makes sense. There's no way you could look at it and be like, okay, wait, does this money work? Like, no, it's not going to work. It's, well, it'll, you, it'll work itself out. Mm -hmm. When you look at, like, the regular job path for even people saying, you know, I desire to run my own company someday or I desire to be a surgeon, you know, nobody starts as a surgeon. Yeah, no, and exactly. They have, they have to start in a lower rank, and but there's a guaranteed salary. <clears throat> right, right. And, and when That's we decide to start a band, there's not a, okay, well, I'm going to start at 
thirty-five thousand a year, and then hopefully right. try and make it. Yeah, dude. There's there's no guarantee of anything. No. And that's I think that has to be a God thing. Yeah. No, hundred percent. And that has to be a, a a work ethic that that God gives you to sustain uh, the journey to the place He's leading you to. Absolutely, man. And I think you know some people look at that like. Well, I mean, you could sit around and just wait for God, or that seems kind of lazy. But it, it's a faith in action thing. Like it's mm-hmm. like, like you said, it's the, it's the faith step to follow Him, but it takes the action. Yeah, or it's not. Neither is worth anything. You know what I mean? If if we didn't walk towards it and do everything it took to do that, and like you said, He and I do believe it, it is a supernatural like strength or a covering He gives you in those experiences. Because when I look back, and I, I mean, a million people in music could could say the same thing it's just i don't even i have no idea how we did that we didn't sleep ever mm-hmm. you know what i mean we were just driving setting up playing driving setting up playing just like this that's all we did man and so it you know you're like showering in uh, gas station bathrooms and just you know that's just that was just life for a long time so it uh yeah it's there's i just when i look back i'm like man i don't there's it wasn't, in a lot of ways, it wasn't like humanly possible to sustain that, mm-hmm. you know, let alone whether or not you make it to a point where you get to financially uh, afford to carry that on on a, on a bigger level or something. But it was just, yeah. So it a hundred percent, man, I think that's, uh, you know, I definitely give God all the glory for that for sure. Did you ever come home after driving <clears throat> 30 hours smelling like garbage and <laughs> haven't, Hey, haven't slept and you're, you're grouchy or whatever. And, um, you're looking at your brothers having social lives and being able to <laughs> totally. go on dates and, and meet people and, and have, you know, a social life or, or a regular sleep pattern and go, man, that looks, that looks a little more appealing right now. <laughs> Ever in a moment of weakness feel yeah. that? Oh, for sure, man. I mean, it, for quite a while I didn't, to be honest, it was, I think that if I let myself do that, it, there was just, it was such a, such a grind that I was so focused on it and, and I loved it and I, I just felt yeah, that was just, that's what I was doing. Um, but there, yes, certainly along the way, man, absolutely. Where you, it was, a lot of it was like 15 years later, I would realize that like, oh my gosh, I missed like every friend's wedding I have. I missed, you know, whatever. And, and I don't say that to complain, yeah. but it, but you do, man. You trade a lot of life for, for what you do. Um, and every career is different that way, but time is time, right? But when you, if you're, if you travel with your career, that's, that's a huge difference, man. It really is. It's like you, uh, even on a health level, I mean, you're on planes all the time. There's just like a bazillion germs everywhere. And um, it's hard to stay healthy when you're traveling, man. So you, you do your best. But we certainly got way better at that through the years, man. But uh, yeah, when we weren't eating at Toonie Tuesday, yeah. <laughs> every Tuesday. Well, the thing that I think it's, it's interesting because people will say to my wife sometimes, oh, it must be so tough. Like you, your husband's away a lot. Right. And yes, that's true. I'm, I'm, I'm traveling quite a bit, but... I still, and it's not a comparison, I'll look at me versus dad versus this dad, but I get to walk to kid, my kids to school yeah, dude. more days than I don't. That's amazing. Because when I'm home, I'm home. Right. And and you get that ability that's true. to go, to have that give and take. Whereas yeah. the guy who's getting on the highway at 6 a.m. to be at work for 8, like doesn't get that same flexibility. For sure, man. Whole different trade. Yeah, yeah. that's true. And that's that's good perspective, though, man. It is true because when we're like, regardless of where anyone's at in their careers, when you're home, you're home. When it comes to that, and it is that's true. That's a good that's a good point. Now, ho- hockey 
probably took a backseat role in, in your life uh, compared to um, maybe where your brothers were heading at the time. Did any of your passion for music somehow trickle into some of their lives uh, down the road? Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, in funny ways, actually. Like, I remember my older brother, Scotty, saying, uh, so he played soccer in all through college. That was his scholarship. And um, most, you know, a lot of his team was African, man, and uh, just awesome mm-hmm. dudes, incredible players. And he just said, man, on our bus trips, he said, I, you know, I'm coming, I was like 17 years old. I'm coming from Peterborough, Ontario. And it's like, I just was so uncultured at the time. And he said, I, part of what saved me was knowing so much about hip hop because I'd spent mm-hmm. so much time <laughs> with you just like listening and being like, huh, that's kind of crazy. And so, yeah, that, that was, that was always just a funny thing, man. My brother would talk about that. I, I never even thought of it. I was like, that's, that's pretty awesome. Um, but yeah, my younger brother who was really, um, honestly like hockey, 100% most of his entire life and then went to play pro hockey in Germany four years, I guess. And uh, he, his life took a huge, you know, a huge curveball that none of us saw coming really. And it's been a, an amazing moment really to see. And just as a bro, I'm so proud of him. But he uh, he started a music festival and uh, that went really well called Boots and Hearts, a Christ- or a, sorry, not a Christian, a country music festival. And then started one called Way Home. It was like a a rock and variety fest. Both those up here in Canada. Yes. Sorry. Yeah. Canadian. Yep. And uh, they went on to win, you know, best festival of the year in the country and some, some amazing moments there. And then uh, parted ways with that and actually ended up uh, being the head of A&R for Universal Records, uh, the country side of it for Universal Music Canada. Um, And then has his own company called Starseed Entertainment that does a lot of promotions across Canada and stuff. So yeah, so he went, you know, completely switched lanes and ended up in music a hundred percent, you know, um, on the business end. And so, yeah, he's, and he's been thriving in it, man. It's been really cool to see, you know, my little bro who would sit, we used to sit in the car for hours and I would just sit there and just show him all the songs I was excited about and mm-hmm. why I was excited about them, you know? And he talks a lot about that these days. It's, you don't realize, I never even knew he was paying attention to be honest. I was just excited to hang with my bro and play music, but, um, it's, yeah, music's ended up being a big part of his life, man. So it's, it's really cool to see how, how God's kind of turned that corner, you know, in his life uh, and what, what he's doing with it. It's pretty exciting. And so he, you're saying he's in uh, the A&R for the country and country division and universal. So country music sort of where, where he's putting his uh, focus right now, but, yeah. but you have some connections to country music as well. And yeah. um, uh, there's, there's a little bit, there's an artist who, who somehow, through American Idol and has blown up over the years. I'm not sure if anyone's heard of her, named Carrie Underwood. And, <laughs> um, and you know, you have the privilege of, of calling them friends. And I think it's, I think it's interesting because it, it seems to me that it's, it's not a friendship that ever has anything to do with business or anything no, that has anything to do with careers, but it's something that has, has just grown organically and, um, tell me sort of how that, that relationship began and sort of, uh, yeah, how, tell me how that began and how you guys had met and connected. Yeah, man. I mean, first of all, she, you know, she's got the best voice I've heard on the planet. She's just the best singer I've ever heard. She's insane. But um, she's one of those people that as a vocalist, you're just like, come on. I yeah. mean, spread out the talent. She just, you know, she sings like a bird. It's awesome. Like in the car or everywhere. But uh, no, so Mike has been, uh, Mike Fisher has been a really good pal of ours from, for a long time. He went to school uh, with my wife actually. And I met him 
uh, my, our families knew each other, but I met him the year that I met my wife, actually. We wow. started dating their yeah, last year of high school. And uh, yeah, I remember sitting at their graduation table and I ended up sitting beside him and um, we just had great conversation, man. I, I didn't talk to him about hockey and he didn't talk to me about music. We didn't really know each other well. And um, But I do remember him mentioning that, that the NHL draft was coming up and he was like, dude, you know, uh, hoping and praying for that, you know? And uh, obviously, look, all these years later, it's just been amazing to to support and kind of cheer on a buddy, man. Who's And then Aaron and I moved down to Nashville uh, about, well, we were there for 10, 11 years, man. And he got traded to the Preds halfway through our time there. And so that yeah. was a blessing and a blast to have a buddy from home, you know, move there and uh, get to just be a part of seeing the Preds kind of really thrive as well and see Mike become the captain over the years of that team. And just, he's such an incredible, as a dad now, you know, you appreciate different things too. And, and, uh, you always appreciate and love your friends, but on a hockey level, it's, it's so cool to see such, like just such a good role model, man. He's just, yeah. he's the real deal. And as a guy and as a believer and as a dad and, and, uh, as a husband, you know, and as a buddy. So yeah. It, and then obviously, uh, yeah, he met care. And so we met, we met care through, through Mikey and, uh, just, yeah, she's just an awesome person, man. Incredible voice. And they both have great hearts. That's awesome. You know, and I think, I think that's, um, that's something that that's cool to hear that perspective and and that you never know uh where relationships end up down the road and i'm not saying that oh you know look now he's married to a famous musician and you're a musician i'm just saying that you have this lifelong friendship because you decided to take time to chat and for sure and you never know um what sparks out of the most unlikely circumstances for sure man and how those some That's of those like, yeah. some of those relationships that you have um can be come out of the strangest things and uh and yet be some of the most fruitful yeah man absolutely i mean it's i think the older you get and especially you know our cult, our whole culture is busy you know quote unquote for sure but i just in a busy lifestyle i think you you're you appreciate your close friends more and more, you mm-hmm. know, that inner circle of people that you can trust and kind of, whether it's like prayer requests or just, you know, just people that you trust and that you, I feel like you, you're blessed to have even four of those people in your life. You know what I mean? Yeah. That you can just actually know that you can open up with and be real with and all that kind of stuff. And if you have more than that, man, you're, you're very, very blessed, but yeah. And he's definitely one of those guys for me, man, for sure. Whatever we are in the world, we can text each other and, recommend books that are inspiring us or devotionals or just, you know, prayer requests or kind of standing with each other on stuff. And, yeah. uh, yeah, no, those guys are incredible, man. It's so cool to see their family blooming and care was such a sweetheart. Uh, when we were on winter jam in 2013, yeah, right. I would have never asked. And she knows that. And she was so sweet to be like, Hey, you know, you, I saw that you're playing Tulsa, man. That's, that's my home, home city. Amazing. So, uh, yeah, she came out, man, and rocked the sparks fly with us, man. And it was a hilarious we didn't even we didn't even actually get to rehearse she showed up in her bus and we we went through it a couple times in the air in her bus and then we just walked in and she's obviously just like pro pro of all pros man so yeah it was a blast the um blessing for sure getting to sort of watch her career i'm sure you've seen her play live a few times but but probably more so on a personal level um is there some things that you look at her as an artist that you go that inspires or challenges me to be better or that, that is, um, what a cool, I never thought about doing that. Or things that you've been able to glean from watching her, uh, from Carrie Underwood as an artist, that have impacted you as an artist. Oh, yeah, man. I mean, she, I think, you know, 
whether someone loves or, or doesn't love American Idol, uh, you know, the, it can it can get a bit of a stereotype for for being a I don't know whatever you want to call it. You know what I mean? Like for being kind of like, well, you know, did that person really earn it? It's a TV show. There's a whole bunch of things that you've heard stereotypes through the yeah. years from people who don't like the show and all that. She she completely defies that in every way. You know, when you get to know her and you and you get to watch what she's doing, uh, she's a man. She's a superstar. I mean, she's just like a superhero type, uh, you know, person who's just literally killing it, man. And I don't mean on a, on the world's view of success level, obviously that's the case as well, but no, she just, man, she works her and Mike both at, at their craft work harder than almost anyone I know. And she, she's pushing herself to learn guitar for one song during the set or to learn piano to do this or to do that or to, you know, she's, she's always challenging herself in new ways and acting and doing live Broadway and just, you know, whatever. Every time you turn around, it seems like she's challenging herself in a new way. And, uh, yeah, she's, she's an incredible talent and incredible hard worker. And just, uh, they both have incredible hearts, man. It's the, the coolest thing about it. Now, like you talk about some things that you've been able to glean from her and there was, uh, I don't want to call it a season, but, but definitely a season where it felt like there was a lot more of it, where a lot of artists were coming to you for writing and, uh, guest vocals or production, uh, or, or whatever that would look like. Uh, and it almost felt like, um, I remember one time I was, I was listening to a, a Demon Hunter record. I'm like, is that Trevor? <laughs> and then, you know, I throw on a Hawk Nelson record. It's like, is that Trevor? And sure enough, you read the credits and, and, and you had such an impact on some of these these bands and these records. And, and what was some of that like? Was there ever a time when you felt like you maybe had your hand in too many too many pots and you're starting to stretch yourself thin or feel a little creatively drained? Has that ever been a, a case? Yeah, no, it has, dude. It it has. I think that was part of the like, I, yeah, that was the unhealthy balance of life in music. I think is that it it was all fun, man, and I loved. I was honored to work with all of the people that I, I did, you know. But that's mm-hmm. that's why that kind of had to change to some extent. Was I just had to, I had to kind of start to learn to say no, basically, and kind of I learned that lesson of like, you know, when you say yes to one thing, you you're, you say no to something else. You know, you can't. And I think for a long, probably a good 10 years of my life, I, at that point when we were full time, I just, I wasn't looking at it that way. It was kind of everything that, you know, if you got an opportunity to do something or you had a heart for somebody to help them, whatever that case was, you just said yes, you know, you're like, well, I can do that. Yeah, let's do it. And uh, it was a blast. And, I, you know, you're always, you're always learning a ton, man. And I wouldn't trade it. But it, yeah, I, I mean, I learned some valuable lessons through that. I think I got pretty burnt out and mm-hmm. ended up in the hospital a couple of times wow. and just just strictly because of exhaustion. And so, yeah, man, it was, it was like a wake up call, I think for sure of like, man, you can't just keep your foot on the pedal, you know? I've been, I've been reminded sometimes when, when I step into church or, or go to an event or, or even meet with somebody, you never know what their morning's been like, Yeah, but they, but they still do the thing God's asked them to. Right. Was there a time that maybe it's a song, it's an album or it's a, a guest appearance or a show where you were up there and everything looked okay. And, or everyone <laughs> listens and goes, man, that was yeah. so awesome. You go, man, if you only knew the half of what I was going through that day. Oh man. So many times, dude. Um, and I can honestly say I've never, I've never faked it. Mm-hmm. I would, I just honestly wouldn't do that. I probably just wouldn't play the show, but I, I, uh, in the sense though of so much happening behind closed doors or, or just your day, 
you know, even, even, you know, quite a few dark days, man, where you're just going through a lot of stuff in life. There was a period of like 2000 and I don't know, man, I think it was going into the inhale record where I just, I started to deal with anxiety, man, just for the first time in my entire life, uh, just feeling overwhelmed, uh, immensely, you know, and I, I have a huge heart now for people who, who go through that and deal with that because I understand how it, it, just all encompassing it feels, you know, you just, there was just so many times I was just laying on the floor, like in front of my wife, you know, it's just crazy. Not, not a part of, not, not something I wanted to ever be a part of my story or my family's story, but it's real life. And I would, I went through a whole season of just of that where you, and sometimes there's been specific times in my life where God's allowed me to feel something in order to write a song about it, mm. be, to speak to whoever, but, and there was a song that was being written about this thing, about this moment, about anxiety called I See Red on that, uh, on the inhale record. And it was during the writing of that song, uh, that, that this happened. And it was a pretty big moment, even as a band, man, you know, I, because they didn't know what to do with it and I didn't know what to do with it. And it, mm. I was at home and being like, dude, I can't go on this tour. Like, wow. I just can't do it. And they were, you know, the guys are amazing and everybody was understanding, but we, you know, we had, we had a couple really hard moments together in there too. Cause I, you, you feel, uh, I think it was that lesson of you a hundred percent of my life at that point was output. It was all output and there was no input, you know what I mean? And so I had, I had, my margin was at less than zero, you know, and I, I needed to spend some time, uh, I, I went to see a guy, this Christian counselor actually about it and he had this pretty amazing um information that i really needed to hear but if i can encourage someone out there who's who's felt that feeling before um he said you need to create a central park in your life mm. like even if it starts with the bird fountain just start with one don't feel like you got to build the skyscraper yet just just remove something create a little space and then create a little more space and then a little bit more and so yeah it was a slow it was a bit of a slow build creating some space in my life because for so long i had not allowed that you know mm -hmm. it was just always go 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 so I officially kind of just hit a wall man and um and it can still come back and it can still come back that feeling pretty quick if I if I let it um yeah. it's uh I've learned in my life I mean because you know my faith is my lifestyle man it's who I am and not my genre of music and um I that's everything I mean the, the his word says that he's the strongest in our weakness you know and that's that has ever been ever true to me in this season and is very, very true. And, um, uh, just, you know, yeah, that, that was the answer for me. And that if I, I know we've, we've touched on this even in this interview, but if I could mm -hmm. keep eye contact with him in those moments and, and, uh, live above the details, so to speak, just trust him and not get caught up in all the minute details where you feel like I can feel instantly overwhelmed like that, you know? So, mm -hmm. I think that was, that's the key for me anyways, man, is, is trying to keep eye contact with him in those moments. And when I get over here and kind of off the path and feeling very overwhelmed just to get back to that, the center of the storm, so to speak, you know, with the calmness and, uh, where you find peace in him. Do you find, um, and I mean, it's, it speaks a little bit to my journey, but as well, um, and we, we've talked about this before when, we, when we've hung out other times, but the, I remember I look in scripture and Paul talks about the thorn in his side that he asked for the Lord to take away, but he didn't. Yeah. So that in his weakness, um, he would find his strength in Christ. Um, I'm sure there's many times lying on the floor. He said, Lord, I will give you anything to take this away. Absolutely. Um, have you, 
found that that has changed the way you talk to God and that you pray or the way that you view God as maybe not a God who is removed. You do find um, oh, it's tempting for us to go, where is God? Right. In those moments. How did you, how did you cope with your view of God the Father, loving Father, and yet you're hurting? Right. That's a good question, dude. I, and it's something that I think as believers we don't talk about enough. And we don't talk about the, the solution enough or the, the, his promises that surround that. And there's been a lot. I mean, I've had many moments of that. Just real talk. Many moments of where it feels like he stepped away. Mm-hmm. You know? You're kind of like, hold up. <laughs> Did you stop watching? And you know that's not the truth in your heart. And, you know, I know that was never the case. But it, it certainly felt like it. And there's been that. I think... I think that's the key is that you, in those moments, we're getting caught up in the details and we're trying to make sense of it. We're trying to see, well, this doesn't make sense to me. And even though we can say we know that and that when God asks you to do something in your life, uh, it's not always going to make sense. And, and, and it's true but, and it sounds good. But to, to walk through that and really believe that means that we have to trust him more than we did before. And it's, it's not easy. You know, that's a stretching thing to do, man. And, uh, and, and, it, and it does just that. It stretches you. And I think, did it change the way that I talked to God? I would say, yeah, it, I did less talking, you know? It was less about what I wanted to pray for and more about, like, listening to His voice, you know? Um, I mean, I think we all have the tendency when we pray to be like, you know, God, th- you know, thank you for these things, but can I ask you for these things? Or can you help me with this? Or, right. you know... Um, like a kid asks his dad, you know, like, hey, constantly asking for help, or can you do this, or can you do that, and um, which is fair, man, and that's that's awesome, and I think he wants us to do that too. But I, we can't forget to listen, though, you know. You've mentioned about the moments that you're going, "Where's God?" and the anxiety and not feeling okay. Um, that's not a failure on your part. That's uh, that's being human, um, right? But talk about your biggest failure or what you felt like was your biggest failure in the career or the life of Trevor McNeven? I mean, for me, I think if I, if I kind of reassess my life, I think the biggest, my biggest failure to date hasn't, is, you know, it has nothing to do with music actually, if that's okay to talk about. Wow, what an honest interview that was with Trevor there. And um, I know we left you hanging a little bit at the end, but you're going to want to check out episode two that's going to be coming out real soon for sure because we dive into some more deep stuff and we get into some fun stuff. We talk about his project, I Am The Storm, and we throw a few speed round questions at him as well. So make sure to check that out. But you're going to want to check out the show notes. We got some links in there for you to check out some some of Trevor's stuff, some of the Overflow stuff. So make sure you check all that stuff out. But right now, make sure you go follow us on Instagram, The Overflow. That's at The Overflow on Instagram. Drop us a line. Say what's up. But that's all for this episode. We'll see you real soon for episode two. Again, with Trevor McNeven, Thousand Foot Crutch, I Am The Storm. My name is Josh McCabe. Thanks so much for checking out The Overflow Podcast. We'll see you soon.